0: Out of the twilight smog and the quickening bustle of the great city, they come fierce eyed, but with faces like masks as the creaking of wooden wheels seems to th- spin a thread in e that Gotham's strangest hour has struck. Arise, ye ghosts of Gotham.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of The Brave and the Bob, and I have a new guest to the show. Uh, for this uh, episode, and it's someone, if you listen to, you know, my horror show as well, you'll recognize. And uh, I couldn't wait to have him on this show as well, because uh, he's into crazy comics just like I am. So uh, welcome to the show, Jeremiah Jones-Goldstein. How are you, man? I'm well, Billy. Thanks for having me on. But yeah, man, this is this is uh, slowly but surely. I, I just can't figure out which one's my favorite show, uh, my horror show or this one. Just because the material in both shows is stuff I just love. You know, the horror show, obviously, because I love, you know, horror characters and horror comics. But this show, uh, getting to talk Brave and the Bold and then uh, Zany Haney is just it's just great, man. I really, really love talking about this title and then other stories, you know, outside of this title that uh, Haney has written as well. Like I did a World's Finest. I'm going to do some more of those down the road as well. But yeah, uh, this is a he's always a big focus, uh, Haney. But I, I really love even when there are some issues here and there that he didn't write, I really love the concept of you know a team up book with Batman and someone else. So, uh, uh, what do you think about Brave and the Bold?
0: I'm I'm a big fan of team up books as well. Um, I've been collecting uh, DC Comics Presents for a couple years now. I finished the run except for the the big Teen Titans one. Mm. Um, so I I I love team team up books. And I like Brave and the Bold. I have <clears throat> I, I buy that when I can see it cheap. It's not one that I've sought to collect just because it's such a long-running title. But when I see them cheap, I do like to grab them because they are always fun stories. And if it's a character that I really like, like in this case Phantom Stranger, it's a comic I, I, I really like to pick up.
1: Yeah, I have a few single issues, but... It got to a point where, you know, the title ran for 200 issues and anything that was in really good shape or, you know, had a hot character in it that, you know, there was a movie or a television show or whatever, an appearance coming up, some of them started to get really expensive. So I sought out the uh, trade collections and I'm glad I did because between the two soft covers and the two omnibus editions that has everything from 74 to 200. And that really is a sweet spot for me because I've read some of the. Uh, previous ones and they're fun and there are some crazy moments to them as well, especially the Haney written ones, but they just don't seem as, I don't want to say dark because that's not right. But the when, once Haney and aparo teamed up, I feel like that is really my sweet spot for brave and the bold.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with a and Haney's writing is, is always <laughs> consistently fun it's always consistently good, so you, you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I
1: can understand that. Yeah, so it's great. I mean, I think when I first got the trades, my first thought was, well, you have the trades. Just sell the single issues you have, which, like I said, isn't much, maybe 20 issues. I just can't bring myself to do it for some reason, and I'm going to try to keep that on the you know, the volume down when I say that. So if my wife finds out, she's going to be like, why would you need two copies of something? <laughs> yeah well i mean
0: it turns out i have two two copies of this first this comic we're going to talk about because i i didn't have it entered in my database when uh, we planned this <laughs>
1: <laughs> <That's> so great <laughs> yeah my memory is shot but i do remember covers pretty well now if it's a long-running comic that i'm trying to close out I have a hard time with it, but if it's not, you know, a super long running comic, I can usually look at a book if I'm at a show or a store and I can say, oh, I I know I have this book because I can recognize the cover. But uh, so this one we're going to be talking about tonight. Speaking of covers, the Brave and the Bold number 89 from April, May 1970 cover date. And this one has a cover by the late great Neil Adams. So what about this cover?
0: It's an excellent cover. It's the. Batman is being pulled in all directions by these white hands and he looks like he's really struggling. He looks like he's in real danger. And then you've got the Phantom Stranger with Robin, who seems to be stiff as a board coming up behind him. It's, it's a pretty cool cover for sure.
1: Yeah. I love it. You know, the more I I'm, I'm not the world's biggest Neil Adams fan, but I am a fan, but, The more I see his stuff, the more I just keep, uh, you know, loving him more and more and thinking like, wow, maybe I just wasn't appreciating him enough, uh, you know, while he was still with us, which uh, bad on me because it's just so good. Yeah, Batman getting like and I love how the one hand that's pulling at him, you know, there's like multiple hands on his feet, legs, arms pulling him. But one of them has his cape like it's choking him, too. I really like that.
0: Yeah. And he he does such a nice job with. Um, figures in this era and anatomy mm. that Batman doesn't look super bulked up or anything, but he's he's well, his muscles are well-defined. And his, the way his figure is being pulled, nothing looks like it's um, going the wrong way, in other words. Like, he, he looks like he's in pain and struggling, but it's realistic looking. It's not It's not cartoony, but limbs aren't bent in positions they shouldn't be like the fig Mm -hmm. everything is atomically correct I guess is the the way to put it and he was so good at that with Mm -hmm. without overdoing it
1: yeah oh absolutely I totally agree with everything you just said you're spot on Uh, although I want to point out no spoilers really but uh, Robin the boy wonder uh, in that uh, iteration does not even appear in this story
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) This is what's odd about the cover for me is this is a time where something from this era, you know, the the early 70s, this doesn't really appear in the comic this way, Mm -mm. which is kind of different. Usually the scenes on the front cover are, you know, right off the splash page or right after right at the climax of the story. I mean, it's it's unusual for it to be the other way in this case. Yeah,
1: slightly tiny little bit of a bait and switch here. But, you know, hey, Batman's in this, Phantom Stranger's in this, and there are ghosts. So uh, yep. ar- arise ye ghosts of Gotham. I love how it says that on the, uh, the bottom of it. But I will admit uh, not to uh, I'm not speaking badly about the artists for the interior, but the interior art. I, I was uh, a little disappointed when I first read this issue that it wasn't Adams on the interiors as well, because the cover. You know, is is super moody and super like, you know, Phantom Stranger and Batman logos. Like, you really think this is going to be like a a super horror-filled comic? And the interior artwork, uh, the team is... uh, Bob Haney is the writer. I'm sorry, I'll get him out of the way first. You know, Zany Haney, of course. And then art is by Ross Andrew and Mike Esposito. A team that I think I know more from work at Marvel than I do DC, uh, necessarily. So I always think of them you know, with Marvel, you know, the other side of the street, but it's not that their artwork is bad. It's actually very, very good, but it doesn't, I don't think, uh, their talents really, uh, lie in the like horror, you know, genre.
0: Yeah. I won't say I was disappointed or anything, but there, there's some cartoony elements. The Batman, uh, the way he's done is very, um, I don't know. Super friends like, mm-hmm. um, in terms of some of his positioning and the coloring it it's fine. There's nothing really bad and wrong with it, but you're right. It's not quite, it doesn't quite match the tone of the story.
1: Yeah, that's a much better way to put it. I just, and I, I hate to start out (laughs) talking about a comic that way, basically saying, well, here's like about it, but I just wanted to get that out of the way because quite honestly, there's nothing else about this comic that, is even slightly not fun or awesome, or I'm not going to praise and, and heap immense praise on. So I just wanted to say that just from the get-go, just because, you know, hey, if there's somebody else out there that hasn't read this, and they're like, wow, look at this Neil Adams cover, and then they open it up, and they're like, oh, man, this really doesn't, you know, fit the, the tone of the story. Uh, it just, you know, be advised, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, all right. Well, yeah, let's dive into this one now. So we're going to jump in here. And this is, uh, you know, one that uh, I think I actually have the single of as well. But, you know, I'm reading it out of the trade right now. And I should have, you know, shame on me. I should have actually checked it out to see if, uh, you know, the coloring and all that stuff was the was the same. But I did not. But uh, I already went over the team there. So why don't I just, you know, uh, jump right into uh, synopsis here and then we can uh, jump into the comic. How about that? Excellent. All right, so Gotham City is visited by a religious group called the Hellerites, a group of people who centuries ago owned the land that later became known as Gotham City. The forefathers of Gotham had forced the Hellerites out off the land, and now they have returned with their apparent messiah and founder, Josiah Heller, who was prophesied to come back and threaten to turn Gotham City into a desert unless the land was turned over to his people. When the Hellerites arrive in town, Commissioner Gordon asks Batman to look into the matter as the Hellerites start trying to take claim of the city. As Bruce Wayne, owner of the most property in Gotham City, Batman turns land that he personally owns over to Heller, while as the Cape Crusader, he investigates the group. And I'll just stop there. That's only about halfway through the synopsis that's on uh, DC Fandom here, but we're gonna, you know, dive into this and uh, discover all this stuff anyway. So uh, why uh, waste time just, you know, reading off a screen, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this one is interesting it starts out like there's no setup really at all here it starts out like you turn to that first page and boom you see this like you know like what what do you, what do you call him for a lack of a better term like did we say like earlier did you say a pilgrim type guy right
0: yeah he, he's very um
1: uh, or a quaker maybe or,
0: or, yeah very early u.s history looking um, he's got a bow tie with a big shepherd <laughs> staff. There are stagecoaches being pulled by oxen behind him. It, it really makes you think of something out of a cartoon where, you know, Horace Greeley says, go west, young man. It's something like that. Almost, yeah. Very Western, early American.
1: Yeah, and it's fantastic because, you know, at the top of this splash page, you have Batman and Phantom Stranger arise, you ghost of Gotham. And then it's a little busy because you have all that. Then there are three speech bubbles and two caption boxes. Plus, you have everything you just described with these, you know, carts and this guy, you know, leading them through the streets of Gotham. And then you have (laughs) Commissioner Gordon, uh, some random cop and Batman. And it looks like Batman rode in the police car, too, which is hilarious. But uh, Gordon says, for the love of heaven, Batman, who what? And the cop says, you just let me take care of this. I'll have these weirdo hippies or whatever they are cleared out of here. And Batman says, I'm as stumped as you, Commissioner. I haven't the foggiest idea who they are. <laughs> the,
0: the, and that, that random cop just cracks me up. You let me take care of this. What's okay. he going to do? You know, he just pulled up in his squad car. And there's, there's 20 people walking through town like they just came out in 1922.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And he's standing next to Batman, too. So, yeah, yeah you're going to do something Batman can't do, pal. <laughs> this guy's got a pretty big ego, but he walks right over to this, uh, the, the leader of the pack here, uh, let's say for now. And he says, here now, you can't bring that bunch into Gotham City. And the guy says, minion of the law, we are children of this nation, this earth. Can you quote me the act, the law that prohibits our peaceful passage along its byways? And the cop says, well, now that I can't. But uh, and the guy says, then stand aside forward, my children. Let the dust of the desert fill the streets of Gotham. <laughs> and the guy I tried, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! Yeah, for, for, forget it, Sergeant. That fellow knew his
0: law. Like <laughs> just because he says so, that's that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I, I do have to say this guy, um, this leader character, he's pretty intense looking. He's got dark you know he's got a red beard red hair this black suit and this this shepherd's crook whatever it is and he just looks angry um so yeah there's it's no wonder the sergeant there uh, backed down you know after one little quibble
1: yeah and i guess his words were kind of creepy you know the, the the speech bubble maybe they could have made that like a little like like different so you would kind of think maybe his words were a little creepy cuz then commissioner gordon says uh, but Batman, his words, my stomach tightened with every syllable as if the guy kind of creeped him out a little bit. And like you said, he does look kind of creepy right away when I saw this guy. It made me think of that creepy uh, minister guy from uh, the second Poltergeist film. You remember that guy?
0: I know who you mean, but I, I actually thought of the, the guy from the Phantasm.
1: Oh, where, yeah. Where the tall said, man. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. obviously, the tall man doesn't have red hair or look like this, but the just the intensity of the character
1: kind of made me think of that. But yeah, yeah I know is...
0: I know who you mean.
1: Yeah, this is wild. So Batman then looks at the ground and he goes, kind of grab me too. Hmm, this dust. Nothing like it around here. And then he quotes the guy, let the dust of the streets fill the tr- let the go- let the dust of the desert fill the streets of Gotham. Why of course, the old Hellerite prophecy. Could it? It must be coming true. And Gordon, again, I think Gordon's uh, born and raised in Gotham, isn't he? And he acts like he has no clue what Batman's talking about, right? Yeah, old prophecy, question mark, Hellerites, question mark, what are you talking about? (laughs) And Batman says, the Hellerites were a sect who settled in Gotham a century and a half ago. They took their name from their leader and founder, Josiah Heller. And then that next page, you know, Batman kind of goes into it even more and says about how you know they were I uh, kind of frowned upon because they were different. So you know you got a little uh, 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 meta textual uh, commentary here about the times maybe uh, with Haney, and it says that like, you know uh, one of the children in town die, and these nutty people blame them because the kid just died and it's no marks, it's witchcraft, sorcery. And I'm thinking nobody ever died in this town before of like an illness where there weren't any marks. What? Yeah.
0: They- this makes me think of, um, I don't know much about the Mormons, but I know there was, you know, they, they moved, moved west. Um, there was some religious persecution, things like that. And that's what this, that's what this backstory made me think of. But yeah, the, this one kid dies and then they blame these people. That's like the Simpsons episode where they blame Steve Sachs for all the murders in New York City.
1: right? <laughs> Steve Sachs. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, that was great. Man, there's a pretty, you know, they kind of confront the Hellerites and they're like, you know, hey, you know, you killed that kid. And the guy's like, no, he just died of a fever. We're peaceful there. No, you practice sorcery. You're evil. So, you know, the mob, like, you know, straight out of a, you know, universal film has their torches and pitchforks and they chuck it at their little like community there and burn them up. And like the people, you know, have to leave, I guess, because, well, the ones that maybe didn't die in that burning building, I guess.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty intense. I mean that, you know, the fires engulfed all these wooden buildings. There's mm-hmm. a big fence. So yeah, they, I mean, the tone of the comic is very, you know, it, it. I don't know, dark or what have you. But mm-hmm. this whole backstory here, it's pretty intense. And then yeah, they they people have to leave town and, it, it I don't know. It's something something just doesn't line up. Um, Right. But Mm -hmm. yes, let's keep going. Yeah. And then I just
1: gets more wild on page four there. Batman. We just it's a panel that just shows Batman's hand with this dust that they apparently brought for thousands of miles from somewhere out west all the way to Gotham, which uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's supposed to be on the east coast of uh, the United States. So that's interesting that that they still held on to that same dust for, you know, a couple thousand miles. But uh, he says some of the survivors went west and founded a new colony. And Gordon's there and he says, then it was their descendants we just saw. But what do they want? And there's that, you know, nameless cop in the background, too, just standing there with this dumb look on his face. And he's like, I'm not sure. I've got a cold, clammy feeling. You uh, know, somebody says over the police radio, calling Commissioner Gordon disturbance in Gotham Park. So I guess, you know, the Josiah here, he just uh, led all his uh, people to uh, Gotham Park and they're just going to uh, squat in the park. And <laughs> the nameless cop squatters in Gotham Park. I'll put a stop to that. So this guy is like, he's a real hothead, this nameless cop here.
0: Yeah, he, he's definitely feeling like super cop. Because we can see in this picture, they're, I mean, they, they've got wagons, they're feeding their animals, and there must be 30 or 40 people looking up at Josiah as he's kind of giving his speech here.
1: Yeah, and they're not doing anything wrong. But I love how, you know, Commissioner Gordon, who's, you know, the top cop, He doesn't say anything to that cop that's ready to, like, go off the rails and start going berserk here. It's Batman who calms him down. Cool it, Sergeant. There's no ordinance against camping in the park, mainly because nobody ever tried it. Let's hear what that old boy has to say. That old boy has to say? (laughs) What in the world? Oh, man. So he does a monologue here. Citizens of Gotham, we have returned to demand justice for the wrongs done to our ancestors. I, Josiah Heller, descendant of the first Josiah, saw a sign in the desert that it was time for ripe and for retribution. He says, reflect on Gotham's guilt. Our ancestors murdered the rest driven into exile. in The wilderness it is up to you to erase the shame untarnish Gotham's name. Therefore I demand reparations. And man, he's got a really creepy face on that bottom panel there.
0: Yeah. I mean, his his eyebrows are way up. His eyes are intense. You know, he's, he's speaking loudly.
1: Um,
0: his, I mean, you don't see his hat in that, in that panel, but it's, It's quite the face.
1: Yeah. And then you go to the next page and, uh, you know, he's saying, you know, we basically this, you know, you know, uh, colony of people want to come back to Gotham and want to completely take over Gotham, or at least how much ever that they feel like they're due. And (laughs) it's uh, hilarious. He goes, uh, Gordon says, Batman, he's speaking about the city's most valuable real estate. And then Batman, uh, his inner monologue here, a good piece of which I own as Bruce Wayne. (laughs) yeah yeah and then the townies are here watching too some of them I guess happened upon this uh, scene here it's interesting you get all these different opinions there's like a guy that goes he's crazy and then another one that looks like uh, I don't know if it's like uh, half John Lennon half Stan Lee here and he says what he said is true it's an awful blot on Gotham's past and another guy but it happened so long ago the whole idea is absurd then there's a young girl maybe but I'm for it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, she's for it. She just met these people that have walked into town with oxen, oxen and stagecoach, and she's up for giving them land. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, just giving what she owns to somebody else that just says, you know, like she doesn't even know if their story's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's right.
1: <laughs> Gordon, what do you make of it, Batman? And he goes, I make that Gotham City come face to face with its blackest chapter of its past. We're in for rough weather, Commissioner. And he says, I agree. I'm canceling all police leaves, doubling all duty shifts. So if you would vacation, you're screwed.
0: <laughs> yeah. And all, the things go off the rail pretty quickly here.
1: Yeah. It says in the next few days, the whole city rocks with raging debate and turmoil. And you see, you know, people like picketing with signs and everything by city hall and fighting and cops trying to stop it. It's like the city is split like in half on, you know, what to do about this.
0: Yeah. And the City council meeting. All due respect, Mayor. I disagree. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> Councilman I re- Wayne. <laughs> I didn't realize he was on the council. Did you? I never heard of this before.
0: No. It, and that's one of the things <laughs> that I, I was going to ask you about. There are some things in, in, in this issue that just don't seem like they're in Batman continuity. Now, I know Haney was all <laughs> for just writing whatever he wanted. <laughs> yeah. But. I don't remember Bruce Wayne being a political figure, at, at least in
1: this era. Yeah, no, he, I did, I one of my episodes, earlier episodes, I did, uh, he was, uh, it was a team up with Green Arrow, and he ended up being like a senator for like a short period of time, and I was like, what? Batman was a senator, but again, in the Haney universe, he was uh, on the council and a senator at some point. But in you know on Earth One, no, that never happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and th- and yeah. that's
0: one of the charms about Brave and the Bold in Haney's mm-hmm. writing is that they're just fun stories, and he kind of did what he wanted to do. You know. Yeah. And I, I I enjoy
1: that. Yeah, and to me, if you you know what you you wanted to go continuity heavy, go read Batman or go read detective comics. But if you just wanted like crazy stories that didn't really fit into any box, but they were just a whole lot of fun. Raven of bold was perfect for that. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) But yeah. uh, uh, Councilman Wayne says he's beginning the reparations by donating Wayne foundation building and it's adjacent property to the Hellerites to be used as they see fit. Okay. So, I realize this was 1970, but how would that work even in 1970 with paperwork and owning land and all that kind of stuff? I just I don't know. Uh, That's a little hazy there, right?
0: Yeah, I I mean, he couldn't just do this because he wanted to. I mean, it's not like these are empty buildings that he just owns. They're they're functional offices and things like that. So, I mean, it's (laughs) you know, we go from panel, you know, panel on. Page four where these people are in the park and by the end of this page, they're in the penthouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little (laughs) silly,
1: but yeah. Yeah. Well, we got you know, I love when they do uh, they they, they have these little caption boxes that show uh, periods of time lapsing. And this one just says shortly. And then (laughs) it says uh, this. This is Josiah talking to Bruce Wayne as he's giving him the keys to the kingdom here to Wayne Foundation building. He says, I accept, Brother Wayne, but your fellow citizens are laggard. I warn them, my patience grows short. We have ways to stir their tardy consciences. And it doesn't uh, see any, Bruce doesn't answer him right then and there. He just walks away. And as he's walking down the street, some guy goes, Wayne, you're a fool. And a woman says, no, he did the right thing. And he thinks to himself, did I? I didn't like Heller's threat. Maybe I'd better just keep tabs on him as Batman. And then, like you said, at the bottom of page six, there's Josiah. He's already moved into the Wayne Foundation building out on a balcony, and he has a portrait of his uh, descendant. Well, well, we'll get to that later. But uh, the uh, original Josiah Heller that, you know, was there for the, the, the burning and everything. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he he's surveying his his new kingdom, as it were. <laughs> um, shepherds, shepherd staff and all. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, we're we're moving pretty
1: quick here for sure. Mm-hmm. And then again, you turn the page and there's that old caption box suddenly and zap his uh, staff gets zapped and he kind of falls down and he says the staff scorched. But I live. It was a sign, a sign of the old mystic powers of the first Josiah are now resident in me. Wait, who stands before me? Be you ghost or flesh. And here we go.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, the Phantom Stranger, neither friend. I am simply the Phantom Stranger as the smoke is clearing around him. And and that's a pretty cool, pretty cool entrance with the, you know, the ghost like apparition showing Mm -hmm. up. And then uh, Josiah's on his knees and you can tell he's 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 a little intimidated and scared by the stranger showing up like this. Mm -hmm.
1: And then there's Batman just creeping around on like the, uh, the vines that are growing up on the. The Wayne Foundation building, and this is a, the the first uh, you know uh, meeting between these two characters, right? It is the first meeting. I actually did a little uh, digging.
0: This is only the fifteenth or sixteenth appearance of the Phantom Stranger in DC, because mm-hmm. up until now he had a he had the his first volume in the fifties. Yep. Then he showed up in Showcase number eighty and then the second volume of his series, and then this. Yeah. So he, he hasn't been around long. He's not, he's not somebody comic readers are going to know well. Um, so, I mean, it's nice that he makes a, a dramatic entrance like that, but we're already on page seven with a character who's, you know, featured on the
1: cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, Bat- <coughs> yeah. Batman it's says, interesting. so <laughs> what a scene a sudden thunderclap out of a clear sky and that weirdo appears. (laughs) He goes, got a feeling there's more to this than even I imagine. I'm like, oh boy, yeah. Because again, other than Brave and the Bold, you're not going to hear Batman talk like that in like Detective or his own title. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And this uh, Josiah says, did my reverend ancestors send you to help me, to help our people in their neediest hour? And he says, no, it was you who called me for I only appear when there is deadly danger from the unknown and you have unleashed a terrifying threat against Gotham City. And he goes, you dare accuse me? Then you are my enemy. Thus, I smite you. And he dives at the Phantom Stranger who just turns into like mist. And he says, sorry, my impetuous prophet, but I must go elsewhere. And the guy runs into the wall headfirst and knocks himself completely out. <laughs> and it, what what's
0: nice about this is that's kind of the stranger's MO, right? He shows mm-hmm. up when something... Bad is going to happen, um, usually helping people, but that, that's his thing. So Haney's got that right about the character, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of the editorial behavior or whatever you want to call it. Um, but, yeah, the, he Josiah just leaps at him. I mean, if he thinks he's got a magical staff, why does he kind of point that at him or something like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's 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 only his first appearance here with Batman in a team up here in their first meeting and all. But it's funny, like the shenanigans, it it starts like right here, right away. It's like, oh, the Phantom Stranger's here now. Let let the shenanigans get even crazier. So the guy knocks himself out, diving headfirst into a wall because he tried to attack the Phantom Stranger. And then Batman decides to come into the room after he's knocked out. And he says that Phantom Stranger or whoever he really is must have clobbered Heller, then left. Wonder what he meant by Heller unleashing a terrifying threat against Gotham. And then there's something on the ground there. And he goes, cigarettes? Odd. Hellerites don't smoke and are peace-loving. Yet Heller lit into that phantom character like a wildcat. He'll be reviving soon. Time for me to exit. And there he has this picture of just Batman holding a couple of cigs in his hand.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and what's what's funny about that, so odd, Hellerites don't smoke and they're peace-loving. Like, people who smoke are
1: you know, monsters or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then now here's Gordon. Uh, He's getting pissed off because they only had a camping permit for the park. Now they're all over the city. So he basically wants Batman to take them out. And uh, Batman says that couple, you handle them. I don't want to use police force or violate their rights. And Batman says, or I'm sorry, that was Gordon. And then Batman says, there's something odd about those two. But anyway, he hops down and it looks like he goes into like a store here. And he says, huh, you again? And it's Phantom Stranger. And he says, interfering in this little drama might be dangerous for you, Batman. And Batman says, you kidding? Out of my way. <laughs> and the Phantom Stranger, like, puts his whammy on him and says, I I can see, hear, speak, but I can't speak or move. So he's like, the Phantom Stranger, like, just points at Bath- Batman and, like, kind of like, uh, you know, freezes him here. Yeah. And then and then we see this other creepy guy that Batman saw from the top of the building that said, uh, you know, there's something odd about those two. And we never see the second person what was odd about that one. But we do see this first person here who looks even creepier. This guy looks even more like that crazy reverend from that poltergeist flick. Right.
0: Yeah. His eyes are kind of lighting up. And he's threatening someone in this this shop or whatever they're in he says i own this shop long ago but one of your ancestors destroyed me and Mm -hmm. nothing seems to happen because they in the next panel the the this weird looking dude with the with the eyes and whoever was with him sort of disappear Mm -hmm. so i don't know what we're meant to I don't know if if we're just supposed to feel threatened here or what, but yeah, yeah. So it just moves on. Batman comes too.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. He, you know, has these like burning eyes and tells the shopkeeper, like, you know, I used to own this shop. I'm here to reclaim what is mine. And the guy's like, Oh no, your eyes are burning. Please don't harm me. But I don't know if they can sense the phantom stranger there or what, because the minute he says this scene has played on long enough there and he points and then the shopkeeper says, they're vanishing. What a relief. They must have been my imagination. I've been working too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, you better see a doctor, pal. <laughs> but yeah, then Bat- the whammy wears off. And Phantom Stranger says to Batman, you were a witness to this, Batman. Were those Hellerites imaginary or rather spectral beings? Ghosts of Gotham's past risen again. And he goes, speak, I release you. And Batman's holding his head and there's like all these <laughs> bubbles around his head to make it seem like he's in La La Land. And he goes, yes, I did see it. But that doesn't convince Batman uh, Phantom Strangers on the level. So he says, but it could have been some trick or you hypnotized me right now. I'm putting you under bat arrest. <laughs> what? bat arrest?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's that's one of the lines in this book that's that makes me feel like this is you know, it's straight out of super friends or something. Cause bat arrest, he <laughs> generally speaking, even Haney's later stories, he doesn't write Batman with dialogue like that. I mean, that's pretty, pretty <laughs> silly.
1: Yeah. That's wild. But he tries to like bat arrest the phantom stranger. and The phantom stranger just disappears and like throws like, you know, a blanket or something from the store at Batman. And that's enough to, you know, get him off his game and he just disappears. And then, uh, these it looks like that uh, old guy that just, you know, one of the old hellerites that turned into a ghost him and this chick uh, ghost just go walking into this house. And they say to this guy and lady, they said, our house belongs to them. Do something. And the guy says, I can't. Their terrible eyes paralyzed me. So they're basically just like going into houses now and taking over. But it seems like it's not the, you know, the, the hellerites of, you know, that we saw walking into town at the beginning with, the you know, the Josiah guy. It seems like this whole new uh, ghostly uh, entourage of uh, Hellorites, right?
0: Yeah, we're we're really starting to get the. These are not the same people because, you know, they they definitely look different, um, and they definitely are acting like possessed people, something like that. So we're there's definitely something wrong and different with these people who are trying to take over. And then we even go to the back to the park and we see the people sitting around the campfire, right?
1: Yeah, it's great. Batman is, you know, questioning this guy. And he says, the guy says, my people are all here. Those others, perhaps our ancestor spirits have risen to help us. And Batman says, spirits, that's what Phantom Stranger claims. But I think it's bunk. (laughs) They hear bunk or truth, Batman. And he swivels around and there's the Phantom Stranger. And he goes, Phantom Stranger. And he says, Heller is right. He unwittingly called forth the spirits of the long-dead Hellerites. And Batman says, there is something weird going on, but I don't believe in such hocus-pocus. And then, here we go. Nor do I, Batman. Here's my card.
0: <laughs> yeah, with the with the mysterious hand in the card, Dr. Terrence 13, the Ghostbreaker. Hoaxes hoax
1: exposed. <laughs> yeah, so here we go. He's there in his uh, crazy suit and trench coat. And Phantom Stranger, Dr. 13, you followed me even here? And Dr. 13 says, yes, you fraud. Remember, I vowed to expose the charlatans of the world like you, Phantom Stranger. So they start arguing and he says, I'm no charlatan. And someday you'll agree that there are strange occult forces loose, like the ghostly Hellorites menacing this city now. And he goes, bah, a clever hoax made to look like a threat by you. So Batman then is like, you're right, doctor. He's just used a hypnotic trick on me. I'm putting him under custody for the duration of this emergency. And Phantom Stranger says, I warn you, Batman, don't play Dr. 13's misguided dupe. And he goes, I'm ready for you, this canister for my utility belt. And it's got some kind of like gas in it, like I don't know, it's like sleeping gas or what. But Phantom Stranger says, but the smoke is one of my allies. So, and it starts going back towards Batman, but he forgot about our buddy Dr. 13 here, right?
0: Yeah, and 13... 13- He's, he's got his, his yellow overcoat. He's, you know, wearing glasses, but he he gives the Phantom Stranger a, an excellent, you know, 1970s judo chop right to the neck, shoulder, um, knocks the Phantom Stranger out with a fork. um it, it, If it's, it's the only way, Batman, render him unconscious, awake, he's too tricky even for you. So we really get the impression that uh, 13 of Stranger go way back, which I think they do, because I think the Doctor Thirteen's kind of a foil in some of those early Phantom Stranger books.
1: Yeah, yep, he absolutely is. And it's I, like I said, it's just it was hilarious. He gives him the old like the G.I. Joe, you know, cartoon chopped to the neck there and knocks him out. And there's there he is laying there knocked out. And Doctor 13 says a jail cell couldn't hold him. We'll keep him unconscious with this vapor. And he's got like that thing from Batman's utility belt. And he's like, stick it in his face. He's like, how do you know you'll kill him, dude? It's a drug.
0: Yeah. It, and it, it, if it's smoke, it's a weird looking smoke. It, it looks like he's spraying, you know, it's almost like blue pepper spray or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Batman says you really did your homework on this character. Now I've got to talk with Josiah Hiller. And I'm thinking, OK, so right away he believes Doctor 13, but not Phantom Stranger. And he's already seen some really weird stuff. But and again, at this point in history of the Batman, even Brave and the Bold, he's seen some pretty wild stuff. So why wouldn't he believe this?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, he seems way too skeptical for even Batman written by anybody. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. he's very anti-ghost, anti you know, something from beyond. Um, it, it definitely it seems out of character from just
1: regular everyday Batman. And then Batman swings away to find uh, Josiah Heller. Cause he's gone. And he says, I'll send a squad car to collect our phantom pal. See you later. And thanks. And there's Dr. 13 waving goodbye to Batman. And he says, my pleasure, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's waving
0: as Batman <laughs> swings off into the trees.
1: And Batman's got this giddy look on his face as he's looking back at 13 as well, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he does. So this is one of those panels that, that you know, it really doesn't match the weirdness of the story because he's, he's smiling almost. And so mm-hmm. is 13, it looks like.
1: Yeah, and then here again, another one of my favorite transitions shortly. And we see <laughs> what looks like Josiah Heller. And he's marking uh, someone's door with like a, I guess that's supposed to be an X with like white paint. And Batman swoops down and tries to grab him. And his hand goes right through the guy like he's a ghost. And Batman says, I don't I won't believe it. He's real. I only thought I grabbed him. Got to catch him. And he kind of runs away and he goes vanished. But no one could run that fast. And those houses with the same weird symbol. So Batman theorizes. He says, this is my house rented after I gave the Wayne building to the Hellerites wait a minute, maybe I've been wrong about all this. Maybe Heller really did raise his ancestor's spirits. And he goes, all those two, all and those two clues, his smoking and hostile aggressiveness, unlike a true Hellerite, maybe he's not who he claims to be. Time for me to do some fast detective work. And he runs over, not to the back cave, to Gotham Police Department.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I love this panel where he, he's flipping over the but flipping himself over, you know, a gate, These commissioner's mm-hmm. there with a very stern and agitated look on his face. But it, it's a it's a really well done panel. It's very, you know, superhero like, um, you know, there's a quickness about it. I don't know. I think it's I just think it's a pretty cool panel.
1: Yeah, although I will say uh, Commissioner Gordon has a, a bit of a, an evil mustache going on there. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he says he needs to use the department's computer quick so he gets on the computer here and gordon says what is it i swear you went pale under your mask and batman says no time to explain just trust me put a teletype inquiry on heller through to the authorities in his home state how do you know where his home state is first of all batman he never said where he came from (laughs) like out, out west His home state out west. (laughs) I've (laughs) never heard of that state. Yeah, (laughs) there's a few of them as far as I know anyway. Yeah. Then get ready to place Gotham in a state of emergency. And I thought, uh, why can't you and the cops just handle it? A state of emergency? Is that really necessary, Batman?
0: Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Call in the National Guard against what he now knows are ghosts or spirits from the beyond?
1: Yeah, I can only imagine that phone call, but he goes, I fed the computer all the pertinent data on the families living in the homes Heller smeared with that sign. They all had only one thing in common, including my own, an elder son. And I'm thinking, no Batman, you don't have a son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But he he swings over to I I guess you know, stately Wayne Manor. I, I don't know where he was living at this point because it looks like he's still in the city. But he swings into the, the, over to the city and then looks down through a skylight and he says, Dick, my ward is like a son to me. If the legend about the Hellerite's mystic powers is true, then he and every elder son is in deadly danger. And he goes, there's Dick now, home from college for the weekend. And then all of a sudden, Batman just goes crashing through there. It almost looks like he jumps through, but then uh, he says to himself, yay, I'm being pulled by an invisible force. And what about this next crazy panel?
0: Yeah, we, well we we get like these x-ray x-rays coming out of uh, Dick Grayson's eyes as he comes through the the skylight. Then mm-hmm. he's collapsed on the floor and he's and he says that Dick's turned into a male witch, a warlock. And and Dick turns around and his eye he's got this intense look on his face. He says door open as he points his hand. And then I forgot the text box. Suddenly.
1: <laughs> yeah, here we go. Another one of those time <laughs> lapses. Shortly. Yeah. Suddenly. And then. <laughs> yeah. And, so, great.
0: and then in comes Josiah Heller as Batman is, I don't know, just totally taken out from the the, the fall. And he can't, I, I guess he can't move at this point because he's being hexed by Dick, right?
1: Yeah, he's being kind of yeah. like held down to the floor. But what about poor Alfred? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. You see him in the background. He's pinned up against the wall.
1: Yeah. And then this Josiah guy comes in and says, Batman, I had hoped to find Bruce Wayne to tell him unless Gotham pays more reparations, I will unleash the powers of my martyred ancestors. And he goes, Josiah Heller, they're already unleashed. They're already made dick into this monstrous thing. And then (laughs) all of a sudden, here comes the Josiah Heller ghost guy from, you know, his his descendant that's dead. He comes through the wall and says. You know, like a, like a ghost and says, I so true. And every elder son now stalks the streets under my control. And that, the, you know, the, the, the present day guy says, my revered ancestor, you've come to help me to win justice for our people. And Batman, one of my favorite lines blazes, just as I suspected to Josiah Hillers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blazes. That's one of my favorites. Uh yeah.
0: That, and, and that's, you know, that's right out of Scooby-Doo Mysteries. Two mm. Josiah Hellers, just as
1: I suspected. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> get this... Is
0: that from the computer teletape, too? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, cr- the creepy ghost guy kind of puts the whammy on the, the you know, the, the regular human guy and, like, has him, like, stiff as a board, like he's, you know, unconscious and, you know, can't move. And Batman thinks, oh, no, the Phantom Stranger was so right. Not, the Phantom Stranger was right. He was so right. And I was so wrong. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so now we have a scene on page 16 there where Batman's lying on the ground. He can't move. Alfred is like pinned to the wall. Like with his arms up in the air. Like again, he can't move. And then the Josiah Heller, you know, the guy that's, you know, kind of still like the, the the human version, not the ancestor guy. He's like stiff as a board floating in midair in this room.
0: Yeah. And there's been no thought from Batman about Alfred to say, you know, Oh, geez, I can't believe Dick's got Alfred too, or something like that. He's (laughs) just drawn in, in, in the
1: scenes being held up. Yeah. It's like, he's not even there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And uh, the ghost says once aroused, all we can do is evil until he who called us forth confesses his sacrilege or else Gotham shall turn to salt and crumble. Come, my young warlock. And Batman's like, Dick, stop. He goes, useless. I'm helpless. But as soon as they walk out the door, basically, the the power wears off. And Alfred falls right to the ground, and so does the Josiah guy. Boom, right to the ground. Then Batman's trying to get up, and Alfred says, my word, Batman. I'm all right, but young master Dick. And he says, the spell wanes, Alfred, when whoever causes it leaves. I've been a fool, but I haven't begun to fight. <laughs> okay, tough guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm, and then man. then a human Heller tries, tries to get up and leave, and he says, my great ancestor, I must follow him. And Batman tells him to stop. He says, blast, my legs weakened by that warlock whammy. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: warlock whammy. That is yep. so great. Oh, man. Again, you won't get this kind of dialogue anywhere else, but. He finally eventually gets his legs, uh, you know, back in game shape and he runs outside and he says, they're gone. Only one thing to do now. Only one man who can help me. Well, we know who that is. And it's not Dr. 13, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So now we get to the the crux where Batman needs Phantom Stranger. He's got to he needs his help. He's seen the error of his ways. I mean, the the whole story has progressed really quite nicely Mm -hmm. from, you know disbelief you know questioning what's going on to disbelief to oh geez we're wrong now he's got to get the help from the the one guy who can
1: help him so and yeah. it so that's all timed and paced very nicely mm-hmm. yeah so Batman goes to uh you know uh, the 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 prison here to to uh the jail the gotham city jail and he says to uh Uh, He Well, Dr. 13, and by the way, before Batman gets there, Dr. 13 is talking to uh, Commissioner Gordon, and he says, take my word, Commissioner, he's a tricky charlatan. I'm positive he's behind this hellerite hoax, and then all of a sudden, wrong, it's you, 13, who is endangering our city. And uh, Gordon wheels around, Batman, but Dr. 13 is a respected researcher. I'm thinking, what? Stop it. (laughs) 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 Did you check on that? Yeah, he
0: showed you a fancy business card, and you believed him. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. Gordon, what a chump. And he goes, Batman says, yes, but it's his prejudice and closed mind that persuaded me to help him overcome the stranger. The stranger was right. Those hellerites stalking the streets are specters, just as he warned. And 13 absurd. There's a logical explanation for all this. And he goes, reason and logic won't stop what's roaming out there. Maybe his powers are just clever tricks, but we need his help. I'll face a mob of goons, but I can't handle characters. A fist fades through. And he tries to wake up the Phantom Stranger, and he's like laying there in the the jail cell, and he's like you know shaking him, and then Thirteen says that vapor won't wear off for another twenty four hours. And Batman, what? You're you sure fixed things, Thirteen? But he must awaken now. <laughs> he just keeps shaking him and shaking him, and Thirteen, he can't awaken. No ordinary human brain can overcome that vapor. But look, he's he hears me. He's fighting back to consciousness, and he goes. A Phantom Stranger gets up and he has his hand on his head like he's got a hangover, and he goes, "I heard you, Batman. Now I'm ready." And thirteen, you'll regret this, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and you know, you thirteen's mean, lucky that Batman didn't just pop him right in the kisser at this point. The mm-hmm. way he's the way he's you know protesting,
1: and then moments later on the hushed, frightened city streets, and there's a bat symbol there too. We get a scene of two cops that had their guns pulled out on the ghost uh, Joe, Josiah Heller guy, the, the descendant. And then to the right, you see Batman and Phantom Stranger running down the street, you know, a la the 1966 show. And it's, you know, the animated entrance when Batman and Robin are running. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's great. And then, uh, you know, Phantom Stranger sure intervenes here and, you know, saves the cops by pulling down a billboard of some lady telling you to drink Fun cooler. <laughs> and so he did yeah you know, that's what happens but they but then but the next moment and another panel and the two of them ran to the gotham park and good heavens it's dick and phantom stranger says keep clear batman i've got to try to match my modest power against both of theirs because there's dick on one side of them and then there's uh the uh, hella right you know josiah guy on the other side
0: yeah and I, one of the things i thought was funny is in the Phantom stranger says my modest power I mean granted he's not the most powerful superhero in the DC universe or anything like that and he certainly isn't by this point yeah but he he the the way he seems unsure of himself is
1: uh is a little weird yeah maybe that's because it's just his first time with Batman here team up and they want Batman to be the center of attention I'm not sure why they did that
0: yeah could I mean could be the in the next panel is a great line. Those cobblestones have become clobber stones <laughs> as, as Heller, right? Uh, Heller and um, Dick are pulling these cobblestones out of the street and flinging them at Batman and the Phantom Stranger, but have become clobber stones.
1: Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so the two of them take cover and, Batman then Dick goes after Batman and he's you know making fire come up out of the ground to try to like cook Batman and Batman says Dick making fire jets singe my every step something of fire jets but uh he goes come on old utility belt tool I need you bad and it must be a wrench he has in his utility belt because he wrenches open the fire hydrant and says that douses the flames and he says now to douse Dick. Sorry, chum, but I'll explain later. And he knocks him out.
0: <laughs> yeah, just clobbers him, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and then, and then he runs back to Phantom Stranger, who's fighting Heller. And you know what? Another thing that's kind of funny about this this whole battle is there's no dialogue from the bad guys or quote mm-hmm. bad guys. Yeah. Dick Grayson doesn't say anything. Heller doesn't say anything. No. They just they're just defending and attacking. Um, so we're, we're getting the exposition of the fight through the dialogue of Batman as he's explaining what he's doing as it goes. Um,
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: just, a, just a little odd.
1: Yeah. And then the, you know, the Josiah of uh, the 1970s here shows up and they like, oh Hey, I'm going to help you. I'm going to beg your forgiveness. Great forefather. And <laughs> Batman says the present day, heller, he must be the key. The original one said he and the other spirits would do evil until quote, he who called us forth confesses his sacrilege. Then Phantom Stranger says, then somehow, I must make him confess whatever that sacrilege is. But before they can even do anything, the, you know, forefather, uh, hellerite guy, zaps the crap out of him. You know, the the Josiah Heller of this day and age, and it didn't kill him, but it kind of knocked him silly. But then uh, Phantom Stranger intervenes and He's got like a, he calls it like a protective barrier or something like that around, uh, you know, this uh, modern day guy. But they still can't figure it out. But the Phantom Stranger then says, oh, there's some kind of a barrier, a shadow across Heller's mind. And then Batman comes to an interesting conclusion here. He says, a mental barrier? I've got it. It must be that he's an imposter, but he himself doesn't know it. Now, how did he come to that conclusion? Can I just ask? I... I have no
0: idea (laughs) everything that happens from this point on is such a reach that, you know, it's I mean, you're working with the Phantom Stranger. There's supposed to be things that are unexplained, but boy, do they push that envelope of, you know, pulling something out of their their rear end for sure. Yeah, this is where
1: the story goes completely gonzo. So, yes. While Phantom Stranger is trying to fight for the, you know, life of this, uh, you know, as Batman calls him an imposter. All of a sudden, a cop pulls up and Batman says a sheriff and this sheriff looking guy. He looks like somebody straight out of the Dukes of Hazzard. He's almost like Roscoe P. Coltrane, except he's in a green uniform. And he says, your crime check brought me here, Batman, to arrest Josiah Heller, alias Carl Loftus. He's wanted back home. Great yeah. heavens. I almost forgot, but he's suffering from a delusion. He truly believes he's Josiah Heller. Like, how did all this happen?
0: Well, I mean, it, it, it's we had that one dialogue balloon where uh, Batman told um, Gordon to put out the APB on the mm-hmm. his home state out west. And, you know, 20 minutes later, yeah, the cop shows up.
1: 20 minutes later, from 2,000 miles away, he's there. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Knowing exactly who Carl Loftus is Mm -hmm. and who he's turned into.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's hilarious. And there's a wanted poster. It just says, reward, Carl Loftus. And it does sort of look like this guy, but uh, it's, it's interesting. So Batman says, great heavens, I almost forgot, but he's suffering from a delusion. He truly believes he's Josiah Heller. And the cop says, maybe this reward poster will jog his memory. So he walks up to the guy and sticks the reward poster in his face and says, Carl Loftus, you're under arrest. And then (laughs) I guess Batman off panel says, Sheriff, look, Phantom Stranger's near collapse. If he releases his defense cone, Heller will be destroyed before he recovers his identity. We'll never be rid of those spirits. But uh, the evil uh, Hellerite finally uh, speaks and says, ha ha ha, not being mortal, there is no end to my power like myself. It never tires. But, uh, As Batman goes diving at the Carl Loftus guy, the sheriff then is standing there as well at the poster. And I guess it snapped him out of it. And he says, Sheriff, so you trailed me here, but you'll never take me alive. And he pulls out a piece and he's going to shoot somebody. And Batman, his memories come back. Look out. And he judo throws the guy and the gun goes flying. And that immediately makes uh, the ghost uh, Hellerites disappear, right?
0: Yeah. Now that now that Carl Loftus remembers who he is, the the ghosts all, you know, apparate, disapparate, whichever it is, um, as he's being put under arrest. He says, "Heller, Batman says old Heller's spirit and his whammies are <laughs> vanished.
1: And that again, these words, they always just trigger memories for me so that when he said that, all I could think of was that game show. I can't remember what it was called, but pressure would Yeah, they would hit this button and sometimes they would land on this little devil and they would call it a whammy. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, whenever I hear that word whammies, that's what I think of as those little red devils from
1: Pressure Luck. Yeah, people saying big bucks, no whammies. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, hilarious. And then uh Batman says a uh, Phantom Stranger who's, you know, taking a break here after his uh intense fight he goes you okay and phantom stranger says i think so but another minute of that in my life might have been drained away and batman says but you did it protected heller long enough for his identity to be regained so then we are here we go later <laughs> <laughs> and they're back at the police hq here right
0: yeah the, so so heller was a phony after all and batman explains not deliberately commissioner evidently he had amnesia after breaking out of jail, okay, wandering into the Hellerite settlement in the desert, he so resembled the original, he had he was taken for the long-lost descendant of their old leader. Oh I my mean, gosh. wow, yeah. oh wow.
1: Loftus, not knowing who he was, believed sincerely he was Heller's descendant. But he got... How in the world, just because you broke out of your jail, you got amnesia? What did he do? Like pull a rhino and run head first into the wall to knock himself out of it. Like, what do you mean? Well, oh if gosh. that were the
0: case, when he charged at the Phantom stranger and hit the wall, he should have then remembered who he was. <laughs> so it couldn't yeah. have been two hits in the head.
1: Or it was like, he ran into the wall and now his amnesia makes him think he's like, you know, Sonny Bono or something. Okay, fine. <laughs> I could, I could live with that, but oh my gosh. And then, uh, We see uh, back still at the police headquarters, uh, Batman says, well, Dr. 13, do you still consider Phantom Stranger here a hoaxer?" And he says, I uh, admit there are loose ends, but it can all be explained by clever tricks, illusions. And uh, Gordon, how about that, stranger? Why? He's vanished. So the Phantom Stranger pulled a Batman and just left without anybody knowing.
0: Yeah. And I thought that was great because Commissioner turns around why he's vanished. And, I, I mean, Batman had been doing that for as long as I, I'm i sure well before this. So that was kind of a nice little touch, you know, when the Phantom Stranger does it.
1: Yeah, and then the very last panel is all these Hellerites leaving Gotham to go back out west. And the ones that are walking, I mean, God bless. I don't think you're going to make it.
0: Yeah, but it's a, it's a great callback to the first, to the Page. opening splash because it's, it's the same thing. They're walking. The stagecoaches are there gordon and batman and the one lone cop off to the side and the things are much brighter now you know every, the colors are are it's almost daylight now um and it's, it's just a nice it's a nice cap to that to the the way it opened
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, it it really did like kind of dovetail back to the beginning, which was really cool. And they they should have just had one more little like caption box or, I shouldn't say caption box, one more word bubble of like that hothead copy and like I was just about ready to run him out of town myself, commissioner.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that would that would have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just being a knucklehead. <laughs> All right. So overall, you know, again, fun, fun issue. these these issues, again, if you want to break, from uh, something you might be reading That's very continuity heavy And you just want to have you know a good chuckle And read a, a fun story And obviously you know see some good artwork And stuff like that you know it's two thumbs up Right you need to read these
0: Yeah and, and for as much fun as we poke At it like I said earlier It's a well paced story the, You know you get the the Story beat ticks Right where you need them um, And it you know It progresses well there's some good action in it the art is it, it's it's fine throughout it's consistent you know i mean commissioner mm-hmm. gordon always looks the same batman always looks the same um you can tell who the characters are and for, for as silly as it is it's still well told you know it, it's a, it's a well done story it mm-hmm. it's really enjoyable
1: yeah it is it's a lot of fun and again yeah, there's some kooky dialogue here and there and some yeah. of the situations are like a little crazy, but again, it's something you can just read and just be like it, again, it doesn't have to be something that leads into something. It's a cool little team up and it's fun and there are some moments that are going to make you laugh too. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, well, that's going to wrap us up for this one and uh, you know, I we can kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit here and say that, you know, you and I are going to cover a cover a couple of these Brave and the Bold uh, Phantom Stranger issues because that's going to lead up to us covering uh, the Phantom Stranger himself we are going to you know start with his uh, you know Bronze Age appearances there and we're going to cover his stuff uh, over on uh, uh, the horror show right?
0: Yeah I'm really looking forward to it and this was a this was a nice introduction to that because it's the you know it's early on in the Phantom Stranger's history It's a it's a, you know, a a Batman story who doesn't love Batman. So, yeah, this
1: is a nice way to start that out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. But uh, all right. Well, if anybody's uh, looking to find you out there uh, on the interwebs, where can they find you?
0: Um, I'm on Twitter at Big Ox 737. And I've been uh, a lot more active on Instagram. The same thing at Big Ox 737. And I've got my blog, Comics 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 dot blog. I'm going to be posting some uh, stuff about my trip to the Baltimore Comic Con over the mm. next couple of days. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, everybody go to the blog and look for that because Baltimore is a really good show. That's it's one of the, I don't know if I can say the few shows left, but I think it's one of the few like mid to bigger shows left that really still has a, a pretty good focus on comic books and not you know all the other kind of stuff, right?
0: Yeah, it definitely and it's, you know, it gets a good crowd and they always have a lot of good creators there. It's 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 one of the top shows, in my opinion, in the Northeast um, for comic fans.
1: Yeah, I've been there twice and I had a good time both times. Really, really enjoyable show. You know, there was no issues, no problems. Everything was well set up. All the guests seemed to be having a really good time and were very, you know, nice and personable. So yeah, it's definitely a show that if you're anywhere in the Northeast either living or visiting or something like that. And you're there around, I think they have it in October now a lot consistently. Uh used to move around a little bit here and there, you know, August, September, October, but I think it's firmly kind of planted more in October now. Definitely get to that show. Yeah, I highly, highly recommend it. All right, man. Well, thanks for joining me. This was a blast. Uh, we're going to get out of here right now, but yeah, thanks for joining me, man. This was a lot of fun. I had a, had a blast talking about this one.
0: Right, thanks for having me back. I really had a good time as
1: well. That wraps up this episode. Once again, I want to thank Jeremiah for being on. Good guy. Definitely uh, follow him on Twitter and all the other social media sites. Definitely check out his blog as well. Uh, He's going to be covering, you know, a couple of these uh, Phantom Stranger stories uh, from Brave and the Bold with me. There's another one coming up uh, sequentially uh, pretty soon. Another fun one. But, uh, yeah, definitely look forward to uh, our conversation on my horror show as well, where we're going to start talking about Phantom Stranger. Uh, from the late 1960s there, where his character uh, came back to life, and then uh, his uh, really, really fun series that ran through the Bronze Age, so definitely check that out as well. Take care, everybody.